trigger warning. This episode of Inflow with Soul contains sensitive topics such as substance use, suicide, addiction, and recovery. If these topics are triggering to you, please skip this episode or do not listen without proper support. If at any time during the podcast you become triggered, please stop the episode and seek support. You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration, space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. All right. I would really like to welcome you all to this episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today I have with us Bobby Lee Williams. Bobby Lee is a plant and fungal medicine advocate, a cannabis chef, an herbalist, and a recovery warrior. She believes in the power of nature and is committed to helping share the earth's medicine. Bobby Lee, I am really excited about this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> so let's start with what what attracted me to you. Um, and again, I found you through um, the Bossy Chicago Network. It's a network of women entrepreneurs. And in my way of just getting connected and get to know the the people that are in this network, I reached out to you. Yes. And when I did, I went to your website, of course, and I saw your story. I saw your story of recovery, and I immediately wanted to talk to you. Like, <laughs> this is a fascinating story. Oh, but I would love it if you would start for us today by telling us your story, uh, and then we'll get to the meat and potatoes later. But I would really love just to start with hearing your story. Cool. Thanks. Okay, well... Gosh, where to start? <laughs> um, the yeah, my journey has been one of oh man. I've had a lot of hard things happen in my life, and a lot of um, <laughs> it sounds dramatic. A lot of struggles, and like uh, I had to, I had a really um, big move happen right when I hit puberty about 12. Um, so that was a really tough time to move and, uh, moved across the country with my family. And, uh, the new environment was, um, not, it was much more restrictive than what I was used to. And, um, I experienced a lot of bullying in that environment. And I had, I just started to have a lot of issues with, um, like, you know, my, like self-worth. And I started to, um, have a lot of like anxiety and like gut pain and uh, I'd had migraines as a, a little kid but they but they had gone away and then like they came back and so the migraines uh became like the first chronic pain issue that I started to deal with and that was something that happened in uh gosh like in middle school by high school they were becoming more common um and I had um a relationship started in high school that uh, would last for many years and it became very toxic and abusive. And, uh, there was a lot wrapped up in that. And, uh, by the time I went away to college, I was having, um, these chronic migraines and I'd started to be prescribed, um, increasing strengths of opioids to help deal with the migraines. And I was also seeing a neurologist and a, and a therapist and all. And so like slowly over time, I'd become like, I was like adding this list of pharmaceuticals to my, um, you know, my rap sheet or my, my, my list at the doctor's office. And, um, it just, 
it just was snowballing this like health issue of having these chronic headaches, having the opioids, um, they helped relieve the pain. Uh, but it's such a, it's a very slippery slope. I was already like a depressed young woman. And so having these opioids come on that would, you know, it helped me feel happy and, and euphoric and it took the pain away. And that's, it's like a deadly combination for somebody who is like miserable and doesn't feel good all the time. Um, so I very quickly developed an addiction to the opioids. Um, and at the same time I was on these, uh, uh, neurological medications that are drugs really for, um, the, for the migraines also. So, but what they do is they help to, or they, they just really like take away your, um, a lot of like intellectual ability. Like my, I remember my doctor telling me, uh, this drug is, we call it, we call it the skinny and stupid pill. And, uh, all I heard as a 20 something young, 20 something was skinny. And I was like, Oh, I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> Even though I was like a triple major at that point, which I, I only ended with one degree, but, uh, you know, I was like, whatever, I, it's fine. I will, I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine. And then, but what ended up happening was that I had to I ended up having to go through the student disabilities office to take tests because my I could not like focus. I couldn't do my tests. And when you're trying to take like a chemistry exam, um, <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, it's so, it's already so hard. And I was just like, so just college was like a, it was a struggle. And as far as like having the, these like drugs that were like affecting my, my brain capacity and I was having these, all these gut issues. And so, um, I got to my junior year of college and I, I, um, I ended up studying abroad. I went on semester at sea, which is this incredible, um, program where it's, uh, essentially a floating university. It's this converted, uh, cruise ship that the company owns. And, uh, there's like a, a, a group of really excellent call, like professional or sorry, professors that come on board every semester and you sail. I literally sailed around the world when I was 21 and had this incredible experience that took me completely out of my comfort zone uh, in so many ways and just like took me away from like these environments that have been pretty toxic for me um, and showed me another way. And so I, you know, I found like this is, it really inspired me to like think outside of, you know, what all the constructs from home had been telling me I needed to do. And so, um, you know, I, at that point I hadn't, I was still like continuing on, like everybody else thought that everything was fine and it, it was not fine. Yeah. And so like when I came back from that trip, my whole, my whole perspective had changed and I, I was a different person and I, I realized I don't want to go to medical school. I don't want to do that. I'm miserable already with this much work. I was almost to my senior year with three majors. So I was like very, I'd been so busy and just like, you know, not uh, taking the best care of myself uh, to get through that in the midst of having like an ongoing opioid addiction. So just a lot of stuff was going on and I had been engaged at that time and my engagement fell apart. And then I sort of like spiraled and I ended up having uh, this moment with the opioids of like realization where um, I was facing either the needle and potential death or getting help. And like, those were the two options that I came down to one day. Um, and I realized like, I, I don't want to die yet. I'm not ready to go down that path. Um, I'm, I'm unhappy, but I don't want to die. And so like, that's when I decided to ask for help and started the process of going to, like, I went to rehab and I went to a few different programs and like started to get, um, that part under control. But if you know, anybody who knows anything about addiction knows that it's never a once, most times it's not a one-stop shop. Like it takes some time for you to be able to like actually stop uh, using. And so, um, you know, it did, it took a few years and like, but that, that was like the initial part. And then um, that was in 2010. And uh, the next year uh, I've been, so I had, I had dropped out of school and like I, uh, had been trying to go back a couple times to school, but I hadn't really like had a lot of success yet. And then in 2011, things had really like snowballed at that point. And at the end of 2011, I had a complete psychotic break and I was in a psychiatric unit for three weeks. Um, just falling apart basically. And, uh, that was an extremely traumatic experience because the, uh, 
I was at a few different hospitals and, and the last one that I was at was, uh, not geared for recovery. It was really just like a holding tank for people and like a place to be like, like super medicated. I don't even like to use that term just to be like, they put you on a lot of drugs. You're a zombie. The doctors are like looking at you like a patient file. It's not a personal experience at all. It's very, uh, very traumatic, especially because I was already there because I, I needed help and like they didn't help and right. uh, made it worse. And so that was like, that was, that was my darkest moment as far as like, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore, you know, as far as like the life thing. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, you know, I came, I, after I got out of the hospital, I went I went to my parents' house and I, I lived in the basement for like 30 days. I don't think I went outside for an entire month. And just, uh, I had this moment of like realization. I was 23 years old at that point or 24, soon to be 24, I think. And, uh, I just realized like, this isn't what I want for my life. You know, like what's happened to me. I was so ambitious and like all these things and, you know, this isn't what I want. And, uh, to do. I don't want to stay in this basement my whole life. Right. And, um, I, so I was like, you know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to try again. I had this moment of like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something again. And this is, you know, this is like the whole thing that my life is predicated on is like that one moment of, um, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get up off this couch and try again. And I remember like walking towards the shower. Cause obviously I hadn't showered in like some days and I'm like going to the shower and thinking like, what, uh, why am I, this is going to be so hard if I, uh, if I try to do this and why is it worth it? Why should I do this? And, uh, I remember, I will never, ever forget this, this memory or this vision of these orange flowers blooming, like just this vision of flowers blooming. And I remembered beauty. There's so much beauty in this place. And if I could just leave this basement, I will find some and, <laughs> and maybe I could like contribute to it too, you know? And so that was the moment for me where I, um, I started to try again and I, I got myself in the shower. I, I went to Walmart to buy art supplies because I felt like making something. And I think that that's so um, illustrative of the power of art to, to heal and to like, you know, the fact that that's what I was drawn to when nothing else had sparked me in so long. Um, that's, that's my truest nature is that of an artist and a creator and, uh, and realizing that to help me shift away, like, cause I was a, I was a chemistry major. So like, there's not a lot of like drawing there except for like organic molecules right. <laughs> and like, you know, they're not a very creative, um, environment really. And so, um, I'd been, I hadn't been super in touch with my creative self. And, um, so that all that stuff happened. Eventually I was able to finish school. I graduated in, uh, December of 2013 and uh, I lived in, I went to school in Kentucky. I lived there for several more months and then uh, just kind of like taking a little time to like gather myself. Yeah. And then um, during that time, I was like, okay, I don't want to be a forensic chemist. I, you know, I don't want to work for the government. I'll have to stop smoking weed. I don't want to ever have to like be forced to do that because it's so helpful for me. And, uh, and so it was around that time that I had the realization of, um, I could make edibles. Like I could take my chemistry and I could make, and I love to bake. I've always loved to bake. Um, I can make edibles for people. And I think that would be really helpful. Cause what if I would have had access to medical cannabis when I was dealing with all of this stuff and maybe I would have never been put on those opioids and I wouldn't have almost, I wouldn't have had to like stare death down in my mirror of like, don't do this to yourself. Cause you're going to die. Like, right. you know, cannabis doesn't offer you that. Uh, conundrum it's it's right. more like here's this thing that helps you relax and and have like remember to eat and and feel happiness and laughter and there's no withdrawals from it and um so that that you know that's the that's how I got to that point oh yeah well yeah I was gonna ask you so you you've been through these hospitalizations um you come home you're on the couch. At what point did you turn to cannabis or other um, mm. medicines again? Yeah. Uh, what's the difference between a medicine and a drug? Perhaps the eye of the holder, right? Sure. Yeah. But you described using cannabis as a medicine. So at what point yeah. did that become part of your routine? Well, I had started smoking cannabis 
as a freshman in college, I mean, actually, I, I tried it in high school for the first time, but <laughs> in uh, in college, I started, and it was just social. I just liked how it felt. I liked getting to share that with people. Um, and as like the addiction stuff spiraled, it was just another thing that I used to numb myself. I just layered it on with all the other stuff. Um, but as I started to come off of the uh, the the opioids and like some of the anti anxiety medications that I was on. Um, I started having these really bad panic attacks when I would smoke cannabis. And so I, but I'd already had to give up like the opioids, which helped me relax. So I was like, I'm not giving this up. Like I, and this is my own stubbornness coming into play. I'm not recommending anybody else go about this path. I would just say you need a lot more CBD. Uh, I didn't know about CBD back then. Um, but anyway, I, so I, um, I wouldn't give it up. And I started uh, around that same time, I think is when I started going to hot yoga and I just started having more connection with my breath and that helped work through the anxiety that I was having with the cannabis. And then I sort of hit this place of like, Oh wow, this is this thing that I can help, uh, that I can use to really help myself, um, relax and go deeper into my yoga practice, which helped my nervous system, uh, you know, regulate and, um, you know, and I'm also, I was born in Colorado. I, that's where we moved from when I was 12. So my family still lives there. And so I have just witnessed like the, you know, like, oh, cannabis is a medicine. Like there's this medical program there. So like that, that always had been cemented in my mind from being from there of like, okay, this is a medicine. So it my my cannabis journey has evolved a lot from being, you know, innocent to like over-dependent to like trying to find some balance in there and like learning about how to balance with CBD um, and other cannabinoids. So that's, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like he's just started with experimenting with mm -hmm. us to begin with, then realizing how much you uh, enjoyed that experience. Yeah. And at the same time, you're getting more and more opio opioids and other drugs being diagnosed or um, prescribed for you because of, your other diagnoses, right? Right. So it sounds like then there, there came a time when you decided I'm going to take myself off of the pharmaceuticals. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a better word we'll use to describe. Yeah. That, right? So what yeah. we're going to, you, you wanted to get to relieve yourself of the pharmaceuticals and yeah. yet you decided intentionally that I'm going to continue with the cannabis. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yes. And I, you know, I have to say this, like, I love what you, I love how you put it, relieving myself from the pharmaceuticals. That's, that's really good. Um, because that has been, it turned out that that's like what my whole, like the rest of my twenties turned into is like freeing myself from their grasp. Because once you go down that path, it is incredibly difficult to come off of them. Um, especially when psych meds are involved because it, uh, it really restructures how your brain functions um, your capacity to like be available for yourself and others. Um, so yeah, it's been a big journey And the, uh, I, I moved to Chicago, um, in 2014. And then I think in just like a year later, like at the end of 2015 is when I started, uh, tapering down off of the, uh, mood stabilizer that I'd been on for like seven or eight years at that point. Uh, and then that was like a, took a whole year to come off the mood stabilizers and another year to come off of the antidepressant. And then it's been coming up on three years now, I think since I've been off of everything. Um, so now I'm totally pharmaceutical free. Uh, and yeah. And I, you know, I have to say like if it weren't for cannabis and uh, microdosing psilocybin during this process, like I don't, it's been so difficult. Like I, I don't think, you know, I've had a great support system um, from my family and uh, you know, I've basically been like, I, I couldn't hold a full-time job during that time. Like, you know, it's, it's been really difficult. I um, to, to like take my, to take my brain back. And uh, the thing that I want to underline about all of this is that looking back and this is my own personal experience this is not the case for everybody but i don't believe that i ever needed to be prescribed any of those things i think that i really believe that plants and and these mushrooms they hold the cure and like we 
our it's our birthright to use those plants. The government doesn't have any right to tell us like that a plant is illegal. Like they didn't create that plant right. or that mushroom. And so, you know, I, I've been through all this stuff, but, and it's, it's been hard. And some days I'm like, how am I even still here? Like, this is incredible. Cause you know, I wasn't taking good care at certain points and, you know, all of that uh, has led into me turning pain into purpose and, and realizing like, okay, well, I went through all this stuff, but now I can use this to help other people um, find their own power as well. And to help hopefully prevent like our younger generations from going down this path, because honestly, as an adult, the longer you're on these things, the harder it is to come off. And a lot of people are in a situation where they actually can't come off of them because they've been on them too long. And it's so painful and difficult and so destabilizing to come off of them that, you know, some people just can't, and that's okay. Like, I don't want to shame anybody in any way. Um, but I think the solution is like to not put our, our youth, our, our young people on these, give them better coping tools and, and give them better spaces for ritual and to connect with themselves and to learn like how to use these sacred plants and, and, and mushrooms to help them anchor with themselves and to not, be swayed by, you know, society and whatever, like the world throws at us. So um, that's really my mission. I just want to help. I want to help spread this awareness of like, we have other options. You don't have to go down that path of being a slave to the pill bottle and the pharmacy drive through line. Right. Uh, there's more than that available. You had mentioned earlier that uh, your stubbornness kept you <laughs> plant-based medicines during your recovery process. Yeah. What gave you the confidence in these plant-based um, options to stick with it so strongly? I think it was a combination of seeing what was going on in my home state and, and other states as well, but like Colorado and California were two of the first. So seeing like that there was like this whole movement, this whole industry being built around cannabis. It's like, okay, people are really taking this seriously. This is not like you know, the like reefer madness, like drama. This is like, people are really considering this as medicine. Um, and so that combined with just my own experience of like feeling um, relief when I used it. Um, once I got past like that anxiety peak that would hit me sometimes. Uh, yeah. So I think those, those things and, and just, uh, you know, and it's comforting and it's hard, like as a, as an addict, like you to like give up all your vices. If you've ever been to like an AA meeting or an NA meeting, everybody's there with their cup of coffee and their cigarette. And, it, you know, we need something to soothe. It's like a self-soothing situation. And that like hand to mouth thing is very soothing for humans. So, um, you know, all that stuff together makes it a, an appealing thing. And I, I felt like it wasn't hurting me. It was, you know, I didn't yeah. feel, yeah, I didn't feel like it was hurting me. So, so were you navigating these waters of cannabis and mushrooms kind of on your own uh, or did you talk to your doctors about that? Or did you have to kind of run two separate uh, treatment plans for lack of a better word? Yeah, that's such a, that's such a good question. Um, well, the cannabis stuff came online way before the mushrooms. I didn't, uh, I tried mushrooms for the first time. Uh, when I was 24 and it was right around my birthday, which I always thought was uh, synchronistic. And, uh, and that was after like all the hospitalizations, like just only like, like six or seven months after my last, after the psych ward. And uh, that was like, totally, <laughs> it was just me and a friend. It was somebody, I didn't even know him very well, but he had just like uh, brought it up to me in this way that sounded like really nice. And I was like, always been afraid. Cause you know, like the mainstream thought around mushrooms is like, if you have psych issues, you should not be doing those. And it's, you know, if you're on psych med and I was still on the psych meds at the time, which actually is not advisable apparently, but I didn't even know, I didn't even know that then. Um, so yeah, it was totally unsupervised. And, you know, I have, I am incredibly fortunate because I had such a beautiful experience um, that was so incredibly life altering. I have, you know, I will never forget that. And unfortunately I've fallen out of contact with that person, but you know, he really, um, that was a huge moment for me that changed everything. And I think that, uh, you know, to advise other people, I would say, you know, use a little more caution, like do some more research. Um, I just had that at that time, it was that potent mix of like, uh, 
be naive and curious and open-hearted and willing to experience something new that created a really good environment for me. I was in a safe place. Uh, thankfully he turned out to be like a decent guy. So like, you know, it, all those like things work together to make it okay, but it was definitely not like, you know, some supervised situation. And so like, that's where the work comes in for the people who are carrying this forward is like, how do we make these safe spaces for people? Because while I had a good experience, others, you know, may not. And, you know, I've definitely had some experiences that weren't so good. So um, there's a lot of room for uh, restructuring like the way that we uh, like do these things and talk about them. Um, but, th- but that's when the mushroom journey started. And that was like, a, that was so incredibly like life altering for me. I just, was lit on fire after that to like, you know, make a difference. So tell me a little bit about this first experience. What is, what, if, if you could, cause I, I know sometimes these experiences, um, the, we lack the language to fully describe the experience. Definitely. Um, at least that's been my experience, For sure. but, but it's also been <laughs> profound. Right. And, and so yeah. if you, could describe a little bit about maybe like what is your takeaway what how did you see the world differently after that experience um and that kind of changed your course yeah um well for me and this psychedelics this has always been what has kept me coming back to them uh is what I experienced that first time was that was the way that I felt God for the first time feeling this love from something that was much bigger than myself and this, this feeling of belonging and uh, this balance in nature of the God and the goddess and how we fulfill those within ourselves and how each human is like a, a fluid amalgamation of like, you know, of each opposite and, you know, and like just realizing like how much unity and healing can come from like just being with another person who is, on a similar wavelength as you. Um, so yeah, you know, I grew up in a, a really Christian environment. I went to private Christian school from K through 12. So, uh, there's not any room for that in right. those spaces. Right. And, uh, you know, I tried my best, but I, I, you know, my, you know, much to my parents disappointment, I think I didn't, you know, it it didn't resonate with me. Like it just, it never connected. I tried to put on the face, like I tried to do the thing, but like it, I was just pretending I didn't ever feel it, you know? And so when I did the, it's not that I didn't believe in God. I just didn't resonate with that version of, of it, you know, or, uh, them. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I feel like mushroom showed me what God feels like and what, what the goddess feels like that first night. Um, there was very much like a goddess energy of, uh, wow, I'm strong. I'm powerful. This is, I have like magic inside of me. There's, um, there's something really special here. And this is like my true state. This is how our consciousness is meant to flow. Um, you know, like in its optimum wavelength, like music unlocks these boundaries of, um, like the flow state. I love like the name of, of your podcast. It's so, it's so perfect. Uh, yeah. So I think that's what, that's the main takeaway. <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, um, <laughs> a little mix of um, uh, serendipity, the universe, God yeah. after you. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Having the courage to look beyond what you were being told and taught. Like this is how we do things. Yeah. Seem to yeah. be a combination for your success to pull yourself out of the addictions. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I didn't know that the mushrooms were going to be such a help with that. I, you know, but turns out, uh, yeah, it's a huge help. Cause if you love yourself, if you learn how to love yourself, um, it's much harder to, to like wound yourself, um, in those ways. Seriously. Like, I think we could stop the show right here. Like, <laughs> That is the main takeaway, right? When we love ourselves, then it's harder for us to hurt ourselves. Yeah. In many ways that we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, like, it's an ongoing 
struggle. Like there, this is not like a one stop shop. Like yesterday, I, you know, today I'm looking like put together and polished and stuff, but you should have seen me yesterday. Like I had, I had a meltdown yesterday. Like it was not pretty, like, you know, it's like, it's hard. There's ups and downs all over the place. There's, especially in this like climate that we live in right now, it's just crazy. So, you know, but these things help, they help, uh, balance us back out, help us bring us back to ourselves. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk then a little bit about your inspiration. So you're you're coming back. You realize that you can make edibles. You can be creative. Use your creative skills. What are you doing now then with your business? You mean um, like at that point or, or like today? Uh, kind of take me to where you started and then to where you're at today. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... <laughs> well, at that point, I was still, when I had that realization, I was still in Kentucky. So uh, finishing up my last year of school, my, my real senior year of school. And uh, I just like, you know, started playing with making, um, infusing cannabis into butter. I, I was still, I hadn't really gone like the, the dairy free route yet at the, at the moment. And so I was like, just making regular, like infused butter. Um, and then like made my first batch of pound like uh, what were they called? like butter cookies it was like a pound of butter and like one batch of cookies you know and uh I, I just like I don't know I just started making them and like um sharing them with my friends and like you know uh it's I mean honestly it's like been a good way it's been helping me like feed myself for the past like m- multiple years of like being able to um share these with people and like you know find a, a way and so you know, it's evolved from there, but essentially like I've been baking cookies and wrapping them into tiny packages for people for like, you know, a lot of years now. And, uh, it's, it's gone from like being a little, like, um, you know, out, you know, like a secret, secret sure. thing to now being more like, um, you know, I found now I'm living in Illinois. So like learning what the rules are here around regulations and stuff, and just finding like a, a gray area to work in so that I could, uh, stop like stressing so much and finding a better way to like uh, interact. And so what has evolved now is that I'm working more in a capacity of um, like teaching people how to make their own, uh, which is I think really empowering if you know how to make your own medicine and you don't have to rely on like the corporations to make it for you. Um, that's really good. So like teaching people how to make it, um, and making, I can, I still definitely make edibles. Um, but what I do now is I have the client provides the medicine. So now we have like all this access in, in Illinois. So people can provide it for me. I'm not providing it. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's how I do things these days. And it's, you know, it's been working, although with COVID it's been difficult, but. of shifts or pivots did you have to make with COVID? Oh my gosh. Well, my, a lot of my income was coming from doing events and, uh, I've done, you know, I've done some weddings, like some infused desserts for weddings. And, um, I've done a lot of like teaching demos, um, you know, like with an audience and stuff. Um, but once COVID hit, then I couldn't do any of those things anymore. Like the, you know, I've, and like dessert tables for like events and things like that, aside from weddings and whatever. So like all that stuff stopped. And that was usually where I was making the most of my income was from <clears throat> doing like a, you know, a, an event. And so uh, that happened. And, um, you know, thankfully I have like some returning clients. And so like, I've been able to like you know, keep that going. Uh, but it, it got really slow there for a while. And like, it still is really slow, especially right now because January and February tend to be my slowest months after the holidays. So, um, it's a, you know, it's still, it's been a challenge. Like those, like couple, the two checks that we've gotten have been extremely helpful. Um, you know, there's been like dipping into savings happening and things like this, like, just like a lot of people, um, you know, it's been a bit of a struggle, but like, I needed a break at this last year. I really did this, all this stuff that has been going on, like the, you know, I was operating as if those things, I, I, I just feel like there was a lot going on behind the scenes that like everybody else didn't know about. And this whole journey of like coming off the last couple of psych meds was like knocked me out. And so like when every, when the, the COVID like, you know, the quarantine orders came down, I was like, oh, 
I just have to stay home. That's all I have to do. Are you serious? Like I was so happy. Like, you know, I was sad that the stuff was going on, but I was like, Oh, thank God. I can just stay home. Oh my God. I'm so tired. So yeah. So, you know, it's been, it's been tough, but thankfully like I'm, you know, I'm really, really privileged having like, you know, a warm home and food and I haven't had to worry about those things. And I'm really thankful for that. Cause I, very aware that that's not the case for everybody. And so, you know, my business hasn't like flourished this past year necessarily, but it's been good for me to be able to take the time to um, do, to continue to recover. And like PS recovery burnout is a thing, which I did not know about until I experienced it. And so, uh, you know, finding. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Just like uh, the, when you work so much on like your recovery and like, unraveling trauma and all these things like there's a certain point where you're just like I can't do this anymore it sucks I'm tired like it's painful it's sad like you know the triumphant moments because there definitely are those they're they're present but when you're always digging into that old stuff uh you know it just it at a certain point you have to like put it down and so um and I'm also like, a, I'm a recovering perfectionist, I like to say. So I attacked recovery with the, with that same like mindset that got me into like my situation in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just like having to like learn how to be like, not be so hard on myself. I mean, that's been like such a big part of my process, my recovery process. So yeah, the, you know, it, the time, the downtime has been you know, really appreciated for me. And and now I'm building another, another business, like a sister business for a CBD topicals company. Um, And so that's like a thing that I'm, I'm shifting to, which I think is going to be great because I'm going to be able to get it out to more people. Um, So tell me more about that. Yeah. So the, the topical thing is really exciting because it's a chance for me to practice herbalism. Um, I am, I'm definitely still learning, uh, but I've learned enough to where I'm like, you know what, I can make some really solid things for people that are really going to help and like be, it's, it's like traditional herbal medicine. So just, you know, we're talking like a lot of salves, like olive oil and beeswax and like herbal oils and then infused with um, full spectrum CBD. So um, it's organic sun grown CBD. So um, it's a, I think that I think people are really going to like it. It's a really um, thoughtful product that is just like it's like all these like powerhouses of nature coming together into one like tiny little container. And uh, to me, that is just like that's what magic is. Like it's this really, it's really fun to get to work with like the herbs and the oils and and make this like salve that's you just you know I don't know you put it on and it like really helps. So it's just exciting to to get to so make that. What kind of symptoms or problems um, would one of your salves uh, treat? Yeah, so we have a couple different ones, and we're still, like, testing things. I don't know what the exact lineup is going to be, but um, I have two different pain reliever salves. Um, One is, like, a a cayenne and peppermint one, so it's, like, kind of like the the hot and cold thing. Yeah, yeah, and so there's that one, but that one you have to be careful with because – you know, you have to wash your hands after you use it so you don't, like, touch your eyes or anywhere else that you don't want cayenne to be at. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that one. And then another one that uh, doesn't have the cayenne is, uh, like, an Arnica and St. John's war-based one that is um, really good for, like, getting into those, like, muscle tension areas. Um so I have those two pain reliever ones. And then I just uh, did a dry skin one that has things like calendula and chamomile and plantain and uh, things like that that are mixed in to help soothe the skin. Um, I made chapstick or sorry, lip balm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that one, uh, is really nice. I've been getting into using mango butter, which gives like a nice little gloss, but it like really nourishes the skin too. Um, so the lip balm and then, uh, I'm practicing with a, like a, a migraine roller or like a headache roller, um, 
obviously migraines are something that I've really struggled with. So I thought like something that could like, you know, go straight onto your skin to like target those like pressure points and stuff. Um, unfortunately, I think the, the bottles that we bought might not be very good quality because they're not, it's not like working that well, but like the product itself seems to work well. So it was just like a packaging issue there, but (laughs) we'll get it eventually. But those are, yeah, those are like the main ones. And then we have like, we have ambitions for other, um, other ones. We want to make a personal lubricant or massage oil, um, which if you haven't tried those, uh, try them because they are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Good to hear. I've, I've heard that. I have not tried those yet. Yeah. Well, check it out. It's really good. (laughs) Definitely will. Yeah. So you, you, you have a, the, the cannabis infused uh, baking has gotten you to where you are now. Now you're also looking to add in some of the CBD kinds of products. Right. As a entrepreneur, what would you say your biggest challenge is? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many. Uh, I feel like probably for me, like at this stage, gosh, I want to, I want to say like time, maybe time management or just like, I don't know. I feel like I do okay with that. Maybe it's like, I think it might be my self doubt. Honestly, that's the hardest thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I I really am being honest, cause I can do okay with my time management, you know, but like, it's not perfect, but I can do okay with that. But like, I struggle with like doubting myself and feeling like, I don't know enough to be doing this. And like, just yesterday, my partner was like, you do like, there is like no question that you know enough to be doing this, but it gets, it's, you know, you have to like talk yourself down off the cliff sometimes of like, yeah. yeah. Well, and earlier you had also mentioned that, um, you give yourself a hard time, right. And that you yeah. want to not be so hard on yourself. Yeah. So it sounds like the self doubt is kind of in that same ballpark. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, I, that's something that I'm, working on in therapy right now of like unraveling this like self-worth issue that I've carried for a long time so you know it's much easier to like not worry about these things when you're on a bunch of psych meds and like it's like right. oh I, I'm just like floating above up here and like I don't feel all this other stuff and like you know not to make light of that because everybody's on their own journey and it's not for me to like judge anybody else at all about that but for me that was not authentic and so uh, but I think about that sometimes of like oh this is hard <laughs> yeah right. this path, it is challenging yeah but I my message is that the the challenge lies in the path now we all bring our own limitations right yeah. to that path but and and to me the challenges that we find along the path of entrepreneurship give us an opportunity to examine how we're holding ourselves back oh definitely yeah and decide like is do I want to continue to hold myself back in this way or do I want to let this go is it it time definitely Uh, well that's like the doorway to success if you're successful or not like have you been able to like navigate those blocks exactly exactly so, uh, talking about, um, being hard on ourselves and all those self doubts and the other thing that you had said about being hard on yourself, you, I forget how you connected it, but you connected it to rest. Mm. So is there for you a connection between the level of self doubt that you experience and the level of rest that you've given to yourself? I think definitely. Um, because when I'm tired, I'm not thinking clearly. So um, it's much easier to fall into that trap of, oh, I'm not doing this right, or I, this isn't good enough, or whatever the the narrative is. Uh, if I'm not fully rested, you know, it's it's harder to resist. So, um, yeah, I think getting enough rest is so important. And like, what I've noticed is that if I take the time, if I actually take the time to rest, but I feel guilty about it the whole time, then it didn't really do me that much good because I'm just sitting there like in a state of anxiety with my nervous system activated, like not feeling good about what I'm doing. So like, it's not as helpful as if I um, was a, you know, as if 
I gave myself the space to just like chill and like be like, this is so good for me. Like this is nourishing me. This is helping me like set, this is setting me up to like have successes elsewhere. And I think that's like a really important cognitive shift of like giving, allowing yourself to rest and, and excising the guilt because that's not, uh, not helpful. Uh, I agree with you completely. I'm experimenting with um, taking one day a month to uh, I call Merry Mondays. And it, the only thing I do on those days is whatever I want to do when I want to do it for as long as I want to do it. Nice. Like I give myself permission to start something and then decide I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. And in my, I've had one of those days now that I got to experiment with. And, and I want to come back to something that you had said earlier about, you know, the guilt. And what I noticed is that in the morning, um, you know, I had this rule. Okay. This is the rule that I'm going to follow. I'd hope to you know, get out and about, but it, you know, it was cold yesterday and snowing and it wasn't that committed to being outside. Uh, <laughs> but then I didn't really have other things to fill that time with. And so all of a sudden, you know, my, my house needed to be cleaned and I'm not, uh, I'm not a typically someone who loves to just go clean the house, but my, the floor needed to be vacuumed, things needed to be dusted, laundry needed to be done, dishes need, I mean, just, I found everything that I hadn't, hadn't been doing for months all of a sudden needed to be done the day that I decided to give myself a day off. So for me, it was really listening to that inner mm -hmm. voice. What, what is this? What is this? Like, I'm, this is not really uh, following my rules. Yeah. But what's the inner chatter that keeps saying, well, you have to do something productive. Mm -hmm. But when I heard you say that the purpose for this time is so that I am healthier and brighter and lighter and all of those other things that I want to be on the other side of the rest. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I appreciate that. That's going to help me <laughs> stay focused um, and have a purpose, a, a very clear intention. Let's put it that way. A very clear intention for why I'm giving myself this time. Yeah. Um, and whether or not I have activities to fill that time is irrelevant. It's really about just giving myself that time and space to prepare myself for work when I come back yeah. the next day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that, uh, that could be a game changer for a lot of people. Um, you know, and it's, it's a practice. It's not something that I have perfected uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> so, so speaking of that, um, what is something that you committed to, at least for now, um, to give yourself this rest and restoration? Uh, I think committing to be, to, it's, I guess, maybe more of a state of being or consciousness than like an activity for me at this stage. Cause what I found is like, I like to do a variety of things. So if I try to make like a schedule, like that's the first like indication that I'm not going to do it because it's going to like, <laughs> going to like end up diverting somewhere uh, or like not sticking with it. And so I've realized like, okay, I like to have a little variety and that's okay. So like adapting to that and just like really feeling into like whatever, feels right to me in the moment. And like you said, like, if I don't like it, like giving myself the permission to like leave and like do something else. Um, but aside from that, I would say like just having a, like cultivating a, a mindset of graciousness and compassion towards myself and, and others. I think that's uh, for me, like the foundational thing of like, how can I bring more grace to the situation? Like when, how I'm talking to myself, how I'm talking to the people around me, um, that's something that one of my, one of my friends mentioned to me uh, recently. And that really resonated with me of like, yeah, that, that feels right. I would like to be kinder to myself. I would like to be more gentle and not beat myself up so much. So I think that, um, yeah, that state of graciousness is where it's at for me right now. I love that. Very simple and to the point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, what you've got going on. Where can people find you? Yeah. And what can you do for them? 
Cool. Um, so my website is bobbiesbaked.com. I am also on Instagram. It's just at bobbiesbaked. Um, I have to confess I'm not super active on social media, but there is a good collection of some of my work up there and some videos um, and a link to uh, a couple of YouTube videos that I have that show some recipes. And um, you can go to my website to find out uh, more about me and also to um, shoot me an email if you're interested in custom emails there's a contact form that you can send um there's also i also offer virtual lessons now um so basically like a zoom or facetime call and we just get in the kitchen together and i'll teach you how to make edibles or tinctures um sweet or savory or all three if you want to um, do the full session so there's a few options uh there trying to make it affordable for people to um and that comes with a whole handout that I've written of like how to dose yourself and how to like some different like baking tips and uh, how to work with RSO specifically. So um, I would love to teach more people. So that's something that I really um, would like to do more of. So thank you for the chance to talk about that. Um, and then as far, and I have a, I also have, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website and then I'll be sending out more information to the newsletter group about the topicals, like once that's ready to launch. So yeah. that was very exciting. Thanks. <laughs> Bobby, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, and about how your story has set you up for your business and where you go next. And Definitely. as particular your vulnerability and willingness to talk about being good to yourself um i think that's a message that we all need to hear more often thanks thanks i appreciate it yeah thank you for having me on oh and there's one thing i would like to say one more thing uh another takeaway is just to encourage people to invest in your own pleasure i think that that is something really powerful like whatever that looks like for you whatever brings you pleasure um and there's a lot of different ways to experience it. Whatever that is, if you're going to spend money on yourself or time on yourself, invest it in your pleasure because that is some deep medicine uh, that'll help you reconnect with your joy and like your vitality. Phenomenal. I, thank <laughs> you for that recommendation. That is beautiful. And I'm going to steal it and offer it to all my clients. Yay, good. Okay. <laughs> all right, Bobby. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.